Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in this whole world, I welcome you to Wow, what a show. This is indeed the Outreach Podcast for Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. And we are in a series titled Apples of Gold Reading Through Proverbs. It has been a wonderful series. I've been so blessed by every reader who has joined us. It has really been very good. I firmly believe that the more often we read Proverbs, the more able we are to walk in the wisdom that affords the abundant life. Since God has spoken to everyone who authored um, books that have been compiled and called our Bible, we know that it's the voice of God guiding us. And I'm really glad. Great to have you here, Sister Rima. Mm, how are you? You got right in tonight. Okay, we're not going to be very long at this fair because this morning we had such an excellent expose of Proverbs. And tonight, I don't know that I could do it much better justice. I will try to highlight a few things as we read and um, get into the meat of the matter of Proverbs. So, um, before we get too far, I want to just share this podcast maybe with a few folks to inspire us in ways, maybe, that um, will afford us a little more, what, I don't know, fellowship. And the other thing is, as well, um, that a few people may be expecting also to receive the invitations to join us. And so I want to just make sure that that happens. Unfortunately, we can't share before we actually start the program. And so um, it has to be, you know, in this way that we do it. And I am solo, so I'm trying to get it all done. In the meanwhile, I just want to say one more time that the uh, participation in our reading has been really, really magnanimous. I really uh, tend to feel that, that, you know, I tend to, uh, uh, what, the sense of being totally in fellowship, not so much in church as in um, my living room, really sharing around my dining table, sharing a really good meal with some of my really good friends and the topic of our conversation being Jesus Christ, God's amazing ways, but with laughter and the joy that comes from knowing him and being uh, with his with his people, with his children. We all are indeed. So I've been really blessed and I'm so, so very glad that you guys, hello, Sister Amy, have stopped in to share this evening with us. As I said, this morning's reading and expose was in, incredibly wonderful. And I will read through and, you know, try to bring some highlights that were brought out this morning because I don't think I could do better than has been done. So we are in chapter 11. This is um, July 11th. 
and we are in chapter 11. We can keep up that way. I like it that because I get, you know, I, I do lose stuff in the brain here. But Proverbs 11 begins this way. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver him, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perisheth. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. An hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perishes, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it. And he that hateth suretyship is sure. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul. But he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. They that are of a forward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessings shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, 
but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, blessings to all who have joined us again. Tony and Chosen and Virtuous Warrior, a woman of wonder. <laughs> this is great. These, these handles are beautiful. So here we are in Proverbs chapter 11. And just listen to that very last verse. I really do want to kind of start at the bottom and move up to the top, right? Um, good evening, uh, Ms. Amy Kay. How lovely that you are here. God bless you. Um, behold, the righteous shall be recompensed. To, to recompense is to pay, to actually receive remuneration or and a reward. And the righteous shall be rewarded in the earth. Much more. And then you don't have that word recompense. But that is the idea. Much more than shall the wicked and the sinner also be paid right here in the earth. That is an amazing little nugget to walk with because we are often with people who seem to be getting away with everything. And yet the Proverbs, this wisdom reminds us that they shall indeed receive a recompense for those deeds that they commit. Every verse seems to cover a topic. Absolutely. When we start back at the beginning, oh, I'm really going to borrow from Anna Kane on this one. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Abomination, distaste, hated. He doesn't like it at all. It is out of a perversion. An abomination is not good. And it is that when you weigh something, when you put, we used to have these scales, right? That had, was a balance. So on each side of the scale, there is a tray and you put the um, goods in the, in each tray to balance it. Right. But if you have a false balance, then you would, pretend that one thing is the same weight as the other thing, but that's a lie. And that's what this verse is telling us, that to lie, to actually deceive uh, and, and not offer an even weight is an abomination to the Lord. And we do this, uh, and, and you guys help me to bring it back, the, uh, the uh, false balance is in measure to, uh, with regards to goods and services. So if I take a job and uh, I am paid, say, $20, $20 per hour for an hour's work, but I only work 20 minutes and I find myself in a little hideout, then I fill out my time card. I say that I have worked the full hour when indeed I now have turned 
a, in a false balance. It is not balanced. I was paid what I was supposedly um, worked for, what I supposedly worked for, but I withheld. And so I deceive and I take. It's really a form of stealth. You're really stealing away from the employer. That's just one way. But there are so many other ways that we also deliver false balances. Um, when you, uh, you know, you vow a friendship or you are a trusted in relationship, but you betray the relationship and pretend that you didn't or say that you didn't, it's a false balance. And uh, this morning, Anna came out with not only does it happen there, but it happens just in so many ways in our lives, even with reporting. Uh, as people of color in the United States, it has been a false balance when journalists or news reporter re uh, make report of people of color and make it seem as if they are the only criminals when criminals are in every hue and ethnicity. The statistics are given to make it look like one group is more of a criminal mind than the other, but it's a false balance. You have not balanced or, or delivered full truth. So when we listen also to arguments, we're so willing to hear a preferred point of view than to really investigate and find the real facts. And when you do that, you now are guilty of rendering a false balance. An argument I try to share with students that I teach, they're young, you know, most of the students I have are under the age of 24. They fall in the range of 16 to 24. They're just really beginning to uh, contribute to society in ways that are going to be very um impacting for the fullness of our society. In other words, they at 18 here, you can vote and you're carrying influence in your peer group. And so if you are swayed by the wrong or the wrong report or report that is not complete, then you are apt to give also a false report or to uh, consider one party or one person or one uh, argument or one presentation as true when indeed it is not true. As a matter of fact, today, excuse me, I just heard a report on this idea of the um, a batch of, of votes coming in from overseas and they were all for Biden. And we've heard this over and over and over again in the argument that our voting was rigged or, you know, somehow tampered with. The truth was or is that the person who is saying that is talking about the sorting of these ballots and one batch that was talked about 
was a pre-sorted batch. And so out of this batch, this box of ballots or whatever they put them in, they were all for one candidate. But the next box was all for the next candidate. So the false reporting is rendering also a false balance, leaning more towards the preferred than telling the full truth. I think we, and you know, we spent some time on it this morning, and I think it really behooves us to spend time on it because we weigh everything in a democratic society by the reporting, and therefore we're trying to determine truth. And if you don't take the time to do that, you are going to then weigh in on what could be detrimental to our national health. So that is one uh, Proverbs is talking then about that, the false balance and the many ways that we transgress God's way when we do that. I could buy something for, as a retailer, right? I pay a dollar for something, but I sell it for $15. That is such a false balance. That is so a false balance that is inflating price for gain. And that is a wrong thing. If I buy a, a pound of fish and the person behind the counter gives me three-fourths of a pound just because they didn't really want to go over, it's a false balance. And we are, as, as members of a society, sometimes preyed upon and a lot of times very gullible. How about that? Think of the colossal damage. Absolutely. It is colossal damage because you are preying on another person for your own personal or vindictive gains. It is not good. The righteous and the wicked talking about other people, keeping secrets and so on. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, if you trust me to, um, with, with something that is weighing on your heart. And the Lord says we're to bear one another's burdens, but I, I don't do that. Instead of bearing your burdens, praying for you and you know checking on you, making sure that all things are well, I go and reveal the secret. And now the secret, you know, the, the little game we play, the whisper in one ear, whatever that is called, I forgot. But by the time it goes around the circle, if even three people, it comes out distorted and not together, altogether true. Because people hear things in different ways and sometimes they don't hear everything, they leave it out. And so then when they retell it, you are right. Now you've damaged another person's uh, person, really and truly, by reporting what is not true. Verse two says, when pride comes, then comes shame. And I'm telling you, the people who, who we have a, a lot of, haughty people in the world and they are too proud of themselves to ever admit their uh, lack or their shortcomings or they're so proud that they uh, array themselves in ways that will project a certain image but the image is false and so when that is no longer possible, there, there is an exposure and the shame comes. And the contrast of that is 
with the already lowly, the, the lowly person is living in wisdom. And of course, verse three just tells us that the integrity of an upright person will guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy. So integrity is what right standing. You have a, a right mind. You really are thinking things through and you are to be trusted. So if you have integrity, there's a whole list of, uh, of ways that you will not be caught in because you are living with a right approach, and that is truth. Always living in truth and being trustworthy, honest, and forthright. Okay, so um, I'm going to skip down uh, to verse 5. The righteous of the uh, of the perfect shall direct his way. The righteousness of a perfect person uh, shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. That's another. This is another uh, repeat. We've heard this before, and the Lord says uh, also in the psalm, and I don't remember which one it is right now. But vengeance is mine; I will pay and repay. The Lord says He will do the. He'll get back at the wicked, and He says He's angry with the wicked every day. So then you know that no one is going to escape the things that are not pleasing to the Lord and do not uphold the righteous requirement of God's love. I'm not even talking about law now. I'm talking about being um, reborn in the love of Christ, being accepted, and then uh, walking as if there has been no um, impact of his love on your life. That is not good. That is not good. Now, you could argue and say that, well, if I'm saved, I shouldn't be doing this other stuff. But no, that is not how it works quite, quite and totally. When we come to Jesus Christ, he then begins to raise us up. So it's like mom and dad, they tell you, you can't do this. Don't do that, right? And you do it anyway. Well, there's a penalty for you doing it anyway. And when you do it anyway, you suffer the penalty. Now you have learned, you come back, you're not apt to do it in a way. And the Bible says, if you resist the devil, he flees from you. But when you also obey and resist the devil, your transformation of heart and mind begin to actually take hold. Your spirit is nourished and you begin to live as a righteous man. Um, and the wicked, of course, will it's going to slay the wicked. That, there's a scripture, the reference right there. Wickedness of the wicked will slay the wicked. They are going to fall into the very wickedness that they have committed. It is hard to fool God. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the, uh, uh, what was that, that commercial uh, about butter, right? Butter. It was about butter. And so you tasted one butter and it wasn't butter and you tasted the other butter. Um, and it was creamy, smooth, wonderful. Mother Nature standing there do it. And all of a sudden she, you know, raised her hands in, in, as if to command the lightning and the thunder to happen. And it happens. And the, the, the underlying, the line there is, it's hard to fool Mother Nature. That's right. You can't fool God. He's not Mother Nature, but he created nature. You can't fool him. And though 
calamity doesn't come suddenly. It is sure to come. We read that earlier. You will get the recompense. So um, we move on. And uh, when am I going to... Okay, where, where is it? The the um, I'm I, I don't know where it is. Okay, so let's go to verse eleven. The blessing of the upright, if the city is exalted by the blessing of the upright, yeah, when upright people permeate any community, that city is exalted. You know, people want to live where there's no crime. They want to live where government is is fair. They want to live where housing is not only accept uh, you know, acceptable uh, accessible but also affordable and in good condition, right? And where there are righteous people in in the uh, places of provision in other words they own the land and you know they're they're kind of in the mix of all that stuff that we need then why would a city not rejoice why would not there be a great rejoicing and and a joy and a happiness to live there you would people pay big money to try and get away from what is undesirable but god is not telling us to separate from that which is, you know, not altogether wonderful. He's not telling you live in a, in a pigsty by no means, but he is asking us to permeate our society in such a way that we impact righteousness and we are not the borrowers, but the lenders. Because you see, if we, when I say we, I mean God's people are the lenders then you're going to be very aware that uh, the, um, what is it when you lend, you add, um, what is that, interest? That That's not going to happen. The The Lord tells us even not even to, to add interest to a loan, right? And of course, you have to pay folks for it. So I, I'm not saying that it's altogether not a good thing, but those, we pay, come on. Do you have interest rates on credit cards at 24%? People pay that much money uh, to, to have a short-term loan. That is really, really bad. That's not good. And so when the wicked perish, there is shouting. So when, when, we, when we crush this kind of wickedness amongst us, don't you rejoice? Absolutely. People are happy that this burden has been lifted off of them. Okay. Uh, despises his labor manners. Okay. No. A talebearer reveals secrets. We've already talked a bit about that. But he that is faithful, uh, of a faithful spirit, conceals the matter. Where there is no counsel, people fall. But in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. Now, uh, I, I think that what, you know, we have a little fellowship, a little group of us who um, we kind of enjoy each other's company and we're united in our desire to, and our love for the Lord, our desire to know more about Christ, to live more uh, a righteous life, to be the people that God has really already reckoned to us to be. And that is the righteous, the redeemed of God, born again of his spirit. So, 
if there is an issue, you know, we're not running around telling each other all our secrets, but we kind of talk over stuff, you know, because I might be in my own mind making an assessment that is ill-informed or one-sided or even informed by my own uh, way of processing and thinking. But in the multitude of those, that friendship, where there, God has gifted everyone to process differently, we can talk about a matter. And then there is a safety net that grips and holds us back from, right, an unwise, even just the thought, even, or an unwise way of looking at a matter. That is pretty much what it is. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We talked the other day about being surety for a stranger, because if you are, you will definitely, you could definitely be left holding the bag. In other words, being a co-signer, you know, standing in for someone else where money is concerned. And the, the Proverbs 15, the B part says, and he that hates suretyship is himself sure. It's a better thing. Like my 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 brother used to remark at me for never ever requiring someone to pay me back. And this was my own philosophy. My mother and my father were kind of these people. If you come to me for money, if I don't have it, then now let me tell you what I mean. If I can't afford for you not to give it back to me, in other words, if I can't just give it to you, I really don't have it. I never depend on somebody paying me back. First of all, I have been surety for friends and I have been left holding the bag. And, and I did it even after my own philosophical uh, uh, learning. You know, I, I created this philosophy on my own when I was very young. So that, that's what he's talking about here, surety, suretyship. I am not going to make a loan to someone yeah i have done it but i'm saying if i can't really afford to really truly let it go then i really shouldn't make the loan because the person may find himself in worse condition that's right it's usury thank you uh and then i'll be, i'll be left holding the bag so if you ask me for you know a small amount of money if it's not a lot of money I, i'm just going to give it to you if you bring it back, that's, you know, you bring it back, but I really have given it to you. So if you never bring it back, I'm, I'm okay with that because I did give it with the understanding that I do not stand a surety. I'm not a surety for, for anyone. Okay. So, uh, that's just a point. And, uh, this one, I, I just can't do the same honor to this. A gracious woman retaineth honor. And strong men retain riches. That Anna did such a great job with this gracious woman, someone who is receptive of others, someone who is prepared to take others in for a meal or for conversation or to make something for someone. Gracious, giving and receiving. Uh, she even used the word condescending as Jesus Christ condescended to us and made himself of no repute. In other words, he didn't count himself to be um, a, a lord over or, you know, of high uh, status. 
and he was almighty God in the flesh, like the Pharisees and all those people. That is a condescension. It is not the negative kind of connotation that we have today. Like, you know, looking down your nose at someone. No, it is coming down to to look directly at someone when we condescend to them in that uh, in that uh, context. And so this, this is the gracious woman. And also um, a man, a strong man, retain their riches. They retain uh, what they have through strength, not through... Um, uh, greediness or a stinginess or refusal to give, but their strength is a strength of spirit that they are able then to both scatter, to give, to share, and to allow this gracious woman to be honored, honored like that or honor others like that. And because of it, God God gives to them. And I think it, it comes on down. Let's see. Um, right there. Yes. Where is it? It's both to, let's see, both to him that soweth righteous and be a sure reward. It's verse 20. Um, well, I'm skipping now, something I'm going back to, but it starts in verse 24. There is that scattereth and yet increases. And there is that withholds more than is meat, but it tends to his own poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that waters shall be watered also to himself. He that withholds the corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth. I push all that together. The retention of your wealth is really dependent in God's economy on how much of it you give away, right? And a pastor and um, his wife uh, told me some time back that they made a habit. I think they say they give, um, I think they give 50%. It's a large percentage back to the, the ministry that they are actually hired to provide. And then there was a very wealthy man, Christian, who gave 80% of his wealth back to the work of the Lord. And how you, you look and wonder how they hold on to them, how they hold on, right? Because do I give 80%? I really do not. Uh, and yet when I was uh, in, in ministry for myself, I didn't count the percentage, but whatever was needed in that ministry, God always provided to come out of not only my pocketbook, but out of the pocketbook of everybody who was in the ministry. We used to actually come into rehearsal and it was not, I, I didn't do this, but my, the, my friend who was, she was kind of that, that person, she would put her whole checkbook on the center table. And then it just kind of became a habit. And, and then we would all pray over, you know, all these checkbooks. So that was when checks were big. We'd all pray over all these checks, right? This checkbook stuff. And when it was done, everybody would donate right there to the very ministry that we were performing. And, um, and that, that really is how it was supplied. That's how costumes were paid for. That's how music was purchased. That's how equipment was purchased. All of it came from the group. And even today, again, when there is a need, you know, God has provided 
for me to to support the need in the work that I'm doing. And that's all I'm saying that, you know, there's something supernatural that the Lord does in the heart and mind of us when we are doing his work and freely giving for the benefit of, and it is not to, to for show because there's no show to come back to it. You know, you give it out and then God himself provides for you. And I always tell you, I use myself as the example because I know me, I know what I have done. And I don't like to tell another person's testimony, but I can assure you that there are many people who go above and beyond. And there are people I know that do that to me. They go above and beyond to see to it that there are some things that are provided within the context of the work that I do. And I am so grateful to God. It is a wonderful thing. And the Lord will recompense that recompense, give back, repay, pay according as you have given. And now I'm going to go right back up because there's one that um, that I jumped over. Let's see. Um, oh, yes. Verse 22. And I also did a very good job of this one. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. Now that is beautiful. We know that discretion is being careful in word and deed and action, being watchful over one's own uh, uh, pursuits and over the things that you do pursue, over over the things that you may participate in, over things that you are. Uh, are speaking or might want to partake of or participate in making sure that your testimony holds that's what i i uh, try to impart to my young young people in my life who will you know talk with me about uh, their lifestyles and the deeds uh, of their days and i try to impress upon them you never want to do anything that will make you Hold your head in shame. But more than that, you don't want to do anything that will embarrass the people who love you. Mainly God. I, you know, I'm sure I've shamed him many a time, but my desire is to protect his reputation. So even if my choices are crazy, you know, without discretion, if I'm not uh, making sure that my own reputation is kept intact. Thank you, Jesus, that right now in my life, not always, but here now today, I have a, a responsibility that I take quite seriously, and that is to try and protect the reputation, my reputation, so that the reputation of those that I love cheaply, chiefly, <clears throat> the Lord God who has given his whole life that I might even be able to have a, a, a sort of re, re, reprieve <laughs> from the sins of my life. It is that beautiful. And so you can imagine a jewel 
and a key and a, you know a swine is wallowing in the mud and just you know they live in mud seriously they really live in mud and they're very dirty because they wallow down and it's just kind of it's it's like the, a blanket for them so they you know you put a jewel in a swine snout what do you expect that jewel to be except muddied and grungy too and that's what a a um a fair woman, fair, beautiful, right? If she has no discretion, you can see the wallow, the mud on her, right? And you can see that the beauty is ill-placed. And every, I believe, every woman that God has seen fit to allow to come forth is a beautiful woman. And the beauty is definitely enhanced by the discreet woman, the woman who is it modestly, you know, in in apparel, modest, clean cut, well kept. She speaks well, as does a man. We're talking really both genders being being uh, talked about here, and so we've gone now to the giving. Giving is important. We must learn to give. Practice giving. And it'll get easier. Okay. Um, let's see. He trusts in riches shall fall. Yes, when you trust in in that, the <laughs> riches are temporal. It is not something that can can purchase the beauty of of God's uh, rich blessings and benefits to us. It cannot purchase hope. The riches can't purchase good health. A wealth cannot purchase uh, salvation. Wealth just can only purchase things, even things. And I say good health because it cannot. You can have a lot of money and afford the best uh, that that this medical system can provide in, in terms of medical care. But when there is a debilitating disease or things that cannot be turned around. Money has no value whatsoever. And so God has made a way for us that is opposite to what we think. That that way, though, brings exactly what we're looking for, exactly what we desire. We want a life of peace and joy, good relationships and People, friendships to share in the, you know, the, the, the troublesome times. You want uh, to be surrounded with that which is good and holy. And the Lord has he's provided for us in that way. And so verse 29, I just have to read it because it, it, it's so imperative. As I'm talking about good relationships when you trouble your own house, you inherit the wind. Now, what all is all meant in troubling your own house and inheriting the wind? Uh, and the fool shall be servant to the wise heart. Fool shall be servant to the wise heart. Now, to me, that means that you would would neglect your household of the necessities of beginning with love and care, just like God has set us in a prepared place 
if we don't do that, if we don't pay attention to those things which are first and foremost home, then we have it, it, everything blows away from you. All that you would hold dear is is like the wind; it doesn't stay. Uh, what is it from the psalm? Uh, it's like the wind, uh, the chaff that the wind bloweth away. Therefore, the ungodly, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind bloweth away. And that chaff is that tiny little lightweight hull that comes off of the wheat grain. You blow it and it'll just fly away, right? When you don't put, or we don't put our uh, our conscious attention on those things that are our responsibility, I believe that that's what happens. Like the chaff, it blows away with the wind just the slightest win. And so we get back to the final verse. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall then be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. That is a good reference. Behold, the righteous shall be paid in the earth. Will we benefit much more the wicked and the sinner? Praise the Lord. Now, listen, I didn't have, I couldn't read as I was going, so I'm going to go back and read some of these wonderful comments. There are just so many of them here. Um, let's see, let me go far back. Jesus warns us, okay, let me go back, 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 back. Mm. Let's see, I'm, I'm, I'm going backwards now. There are many, many, you guys have been reading them. Um, okay, so I did read, where'd I go, Tony? This chapter covers a lot. Anna says it's mostly in our daily lives, the encounters we are faced with on a daily experience. Honesty is the best policy. Verse 16, consider a gracious woman who will bring honor to her household, a woman in with little sense. <laughs> I hate righteousness brings this honor. That's right. And you know, what I used to tell my children when they do want to act out on me, I said, now listen, how would you feel if your mother did that, went out and did that or your father? Tell me what that would do to your heart. Tell me how you would respond to such a thing. Absolutely. Honor and responsible, uh, responsible for what you're making somebody else go through and how you present, you know? And I work with a bunch of teachers mm -mm -mm, who are always saying, when the little children come to school and they're acting out, they would say, what's wrong with those parents? Those parents, those parents, those parents. <laughs> they always put everything on the parents. Well, we were in middle school, you know, and the children hadn't had time to grow up yet to really be a representation of the parents. So one day I told her, I'm so glad I know you because if I didn't, you'd be sitting here talking about me. You know what I mean? If I wasn't at this table, you'd be talking about me the same way. Because when children are children, they are children. 
it is when we become adults, young adults, that we are able then to be responsible and to think through some of the matters. And while we are sitting there talking about the parents being this, that, or not the other thing, we just go back and tell those little children. I mean, I used to really preach in my classroom and tell them, how dare you make your mom and dad look like this? How dare you do that? You have a responsibility to represent your home. And so... That's, I, I joined in with trying to, to bring them up. A false balance is a very serious and necessary thing to search out. Absolutely, uh, Sister Amy, that false balance, uh, you know, I didn't do near to it what Anna did this morning. She did a real homework and it was beautifully done. I, I received, I mean, I did take notes here, um, but you know, when I'm talking, I can't read my notes. So um, it's a good thing. It's very crucial. Amen. It is spiritual change. It's a spiritual change. And we have to think, you know, the thing about the Proverbs, uh, and, and we did say this this morning, is that we're thinking, I, I think, I don't know, maybe not you, but me, when we think deliverance from sin, pretty much the first thing that comes through the mind is, oh, I used to smoke. I don't smoke anymore. Oh, I did drugs. I don't do drugs. Oh, I used to drink. I don't do drinks. Oh, I was a, you know, uh, sexual. So I, I don't do that anymore. But really and truly, God is after the man's heart, his motives, and his intentions. And it is in the depths of your heart, in the in those the, the things that you can excuse in your own mind that might be your biggest problem. Oh, I just, you know, I told a little, somebody said a white lie. Did we talk about that white lie the other day? There is no white lie. They're all black, sordid, and ugly. But you can excuse it. If it didn't, you know, if it didn't come to, to haunt you right away. Yes. The, the, the cracks and crevices, that's what I call it. The little places, right, where, where, where stuff just seeps in, you know, and it just sits there and it molds in your a spiritual life. It's a mold and you have to take care of it. Um, one, uh, bless you for the every clap, every like. I don't know how we get these pod points, but anyway, something adds up to pod points, and those pod points are translated into pennies. I like that. Okay, so thank you. And uh, of course, we were talking about uh, being a surety for a friend, and and Reams uh, also you gave us the right word for it. It is usury. The Bible says, "Let put not your money." Out to usury. That's right for interest, right? And we live in a world where people get people are filthy rich on the interest we pay them for whatever we're using. And yet, when we put our money in the bank, they're using our money. They're using the very money that we put in that bank to sustain the very bank that they're running. But we have to pay them all this money uh, to 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 use our money. It's crazy. But then the short-term loans, they are priced way too high. And I suppose it's because of our, our eyes are bigger than our pocketbooks in this place that people let them get by with it because they can't bear to wait until you save up enough money to buy a thing. So you go out and you're charging this stuff. You know, you're taking all this. We're doing that. Um, and, and that's not good. So um, thanks, Sister Light Touch, for sharing those chapters. Chaps one, 
claps one. Oh, claps. I would like to participate with claps. Just can't seem to get it when you try. During the show, I get hung up loading. Bless your bones. Uh, it's it's all good. What is more important than anything is that you're here. I thank God that you are. Um, so, Tony's amen and amen. Amen and amen. I love it. Reem says, just warns uh, that when we brag or talk about our giving, we've already received our reward. Yeah, I guess that comes off of the discussion of, of pride, right? Um, yeah, bragging and all that pride goes before fall. The Bible doesn't it, it really and truly. I think I learned that when I was two years old because my parents did not, they, they, they didn't uh, uh, deal in, in that pride thing at all. And uh, Jesus does. Yes, Jesus does. Um, it's amazing that you can scatter abroad and still be enriched with supply and provision. You know, counter to the thought process of the world. See, the world wants you to hoard in and grow rich. But Jesus Christ, God, is telling us that's not his way to riches and wealth. And tangible things, Reams, I think, um, I don't kind of know where that where that went. But anyway, God, oh, Tony says God was the first giver and did not brag about it. <laughs> Giving us the son was the greatest gift ever, but he never brags about it. We have to imitate him. Isn't Tony just, he just brings, um, he pops us right in the face with this good wisdom. Thank you, Tony. That's exactly right. God does not brag. No, he's lowly of heart, meek and lowly, he says. Come to me. And still, not bragging, having paid that major price, he still invites us to come in, and he will continue to add, uh, make our burdens light. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And Reem says, in agreement, contentment. Amy goes, God has a way that is opposite to what we, every time he never operating like what we're thinking. In fact, you know, when I get ready to make it, I used to, I'm not so good at it. And I would, I would always think, well, if I'm thinking this way, it must be that way. Let me check the Lord out on this one because you are absolutely right. Amen. And Mamie, yeah, entered, welcome Mamie. Go. Entered live. Thank you for joining us. So true. The little leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. That's right. Oh, good. Oh, that's excellent. Means when you bake bread, right? You use uh, yeast, and if one pack of yeast will make a couple of loaves of bread, it'll make a good deal of dough. And and you know you uh, then it yields great. It it causes it to rise, and you don't need a whole lot. And um, amen is it. So Light Touch says, Proverbs is so packed full of a code of ethics for the hearts of believers. I love it. Psalms and Proverbs go together. This entire book is so good. It is. And you know what? Ecclesiastes comes in right behind it. And then we jump right on top of Lamentations because I'm telling you, a Lamentations or it deals with the pathetic state of Israel's rebellion, right? It is a cry to the heart. And, and you know, there are just some, to me, there there is uh, reading these books aloud so that others can hear 
and also join in the conversation as we do our commenting is an invaluable and wonderful way to absolutely open God's word to the non-reader, just to open his word. You'll be surprised at how many people have judged God by what they don't know. And yet his, his, uh, his loving kindness is everlasting and it is spread abroad. For the whole world he died. And so anyone who wants to come in, the Lord never says, you are not allowed here. Men might do that, but God will never do that. Tony brings that out when he says that the Lord never brags. He's never too good for the dirtiest of us. Hallelujah. And look at him. He's left a word that will warn you, teach you, guide you. And yet people won't deal with it. And when they fall, if they say, Lord, he's right there. I think that this, wow, what a show, is not even an appropriate way to to acknowledge the wonder, the beauty, and the love of God. He is more than wonderful. Mm. Amen. Amen. It is beautiful, isn't it? It is just beautiful. All of it is just beautiful. Faith cometh by hearing. That's it. This teaches us how to improve our quality of life if we receive its instruction. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You guys are on tonight. Praise God for inspiration and encouragement that we experience on this show. Oh, now you're making me smile. Goodness, thank you so much. This is beautiful. You are a real part of all that we do. Everyone who comes into the studio, everyone who listens to a podcast and leaves a comment, become a part of the actuality of what God is doing here. Fellowship in the believers is what church is all about. If we skip fellowship, we are not building the community of believers and calling it church. I'm telling you. And so I am so glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're right, Sister Amy. It is so. That's the first to me ingredient. Once the Holy Spirit comes (laughs) and, and rests on us, the next thing is to let him do his work in us and be in a love relationship not only with our Father, and not only being led by His Spirit, but also in relationship with one another. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that's it, guys. We've done, you know, we've had a wonderful time. It has been so beautiful, and you've contributed so much. And I am just learning so much. I am just learning so much. This is a wonderful, wonderful series. Apples of gold. Apples of gold. Hallelujah. Every word fitly spoken. We're going to run into that proverb because truly it is here. And uh, God is really good. I cannot thank you enough for joining tonight. And I hope that you, like I 
or I like you no 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 you like me <laughs> has you you have been seated at a table spread with all manner of good things to eat right and you have dined and filled yourself not to overflowing not too much we didn't we, we weren't it isn't a matter of gluttony here it is a matter of the sufficiency of God's word feeling us to overflowing that we now might operate in the fullness we are nourished and we can operate like God's kingdom children and a light touch trust in God glory to his name Giving all good rest to everyone. Blessings. Amen and amen, Tony. Blessed be the name of our God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to do what I ask you to do always. And as plant this seed in us, that it would grow. Nourish us, Lord God, that we become truly your children, born again and raised in your household, the kingdom of God, ready, Father, willing and able to submit to you because you are a good, loving, kind, giving Father. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. And as we go, Lord, we thank you also that there is joy in our hearts, joy in our hearts. And you, Lord, being the, our joy, also strengthen us. Woo! Have a great night, everyone. Enjoy and smile till we meet again, 9 a.m. in the a.m. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Thank you for prayers for Minister Peggy. Everyone there, Minister Peggy, just, just ask God to heal her. He knows what her problem is. Just say that for us, and we're good to go. Have a great night, or a great afternoon, or a great morning, and all day. Thank you.